Wow, are you still here? No, no, wait, that... That came out sounding wrong. Hey, are you here? <laughs> We are all here. Yes, because... Because you are here. Welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories for 19 years and counting. On this episode today, right now, we welcome Rob Baird, an exceptional talent. Rob Baird's a singer-songwriter in the American genre, originally from Memphis, now in Austin. That would be Memphis, Tennessee, and Austin, Tejas. Spin Magazine called Rob Baird a young, affable, folk-pop charmer. Paul Leslie would define Rob Baird as a singular recording artist with a collection of songs that immediately grabs your attention, heart, and mind. And we can't wait for you to meet him. Real quick, before we move on, let's announce this. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through the dimes, quarters, and dollars of viewers and listeners like you. If you would like to help us in our mission, simply visit thepaulleslie.com slash support. Now, natural me. And we thank you. We take our hats off to you. Well, you all came for Rob Baird. Someone's knocking. Let's open that door. Rob's on the other side of it. Hey, Paul, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing just fine. How are you, Rob? I'm good. Glad we connected. Absolutely. Is that Elvis? Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> How perfect. Yes, sir. <laughs> so you're joining us from Texas? Yes, sir. I'm in Austin right now. Oh, nice. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Paul Leslie Hour. Oh, thanks for having me. I've heard good things. That's good to hear. Well, I'm pleased to be joined by a true troubadour, a very talented singer and songwriter, Rob Baird. It's a great honor. So tell us, uh, uh, are, you, uh, are you in Texas for a short while, or are you going to be going out on the road soon? Uh, we are starting... The year I was just in Mexico, honestly, until uh, uh, last night, and then we are starting to really look at this year. We have a big show in Austin next week uh, for my birthday. I do a birthday bash at Antone's, uh, which is the club where Stevie Ray Vaughan started, and then we're looking at everything from shows in um, New York to Montana this year to hopefully Key West. So. It uh, it's it's all happening. It's funny how you start in January and then you end the year in December, and then you're like, "Oh man, all the places I've been." Um, <laughs> we ended the year in Rhode Island this year, so I never thought I'd be in Rhode Island. <laughs> Do you like the traveling life? Um, I think that I after I've been doing this since I was twenty and thirty five, and so. I think I know how to put the put the blinders on and and do it. You know, um, my dad when I was growing up was is a big was traveling for work all the time. So he kind of taught me the mentality of um, of trying to 
you know, you got to go enjoy wherever you're going, hopefully, and get some culture and some food. But there are times when, like last night, we were we landed at about 1045 and we didn't get off the plane till 1145 because the gate was blocked. And that's when I'm like, I don't like the traveling life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Things go wrong. It, it really it can become a, a huge pain. And um, it's generally when you're most tired. Mm. Would you say that being there in Texas, is that is that a better fit for you than when you lived in Tennessee? You know, Paul, it's been interesting. I, I grew up in Memphis and then moved to uh, Texas to go to ranch management school. Um, I had grown up working on ranches in uh, different parts of the country. Um, and then signed to a label in Nashville, um, and so, but lived in Texas. And then in turn, in the past um, 10 or 15 years, have lived in Tennessee and have lived in Austin. And I think for me creatively, I've kind of figured out that Austin is the right fit for my, for me and, and what I, and the way that I write and work. Um, I think recording Nashville has been really beneficial to me in the past. There's great studios and, um, and, and, and great musicians. Um, but currently Texas is home and I love the culture of Texas. Um, and, and the history behind the music here. And so it's been a great fit to be back here full time. Who would you say are the songwriters that you have had the biggest influence on you? Um, that's a great question. Um, I really started off with Tom Petty as being like my North star at a young age. I, I got really deep into his catalog and kind of more of the offbeat, um, deeper records like she's the one and um highway companion and that stemmed off to like lucinda williams and and ryan adams and a lot of that alt country scene but as i've i'm continually inspired by like all kinds of artists um you know i've had a funny year of uh, i don't get to go to that many shows but um the ones that I do get to go to, like I went to a Harry Styles show twice this year and Olivia Rodrigo show. And I'm just super impressed by the craftsmanship of, of their songs and, and anybody that's just writing music from the heart and, and trying to explain their uh, experience with the human condition is really um, stuff that continues to inspire me. And I love new music and, looking for it and um and that's kind of the best part about being a songwriter is i feel like i'm always evolving too and so hearing the music gives you a different lens mm-hmm. uh, you know is there somebody you you write with quite a number of people is there somebody you would really really love to write with you know maybe a dream um that's a really good question um I'd love to sit down with Lyle Lovett and see how he crafts a song. I'm a big Lyle fan. Um, Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers and or Ben Montench would be great. Um, there's a handful of uh, Nashville songwriters that I never had a chance to write with. Uh, Tony Lane's a cool one. He's written a lot of hits. Dean Dillon. Um, I mainly right now am writing with this guy named Darden Smith, who is a longtime 
songwriter and artist um, who lives in Austin. And so we've been writing a, a lot. And, and that's been a really interesting um, experience for me because we've gotten in the groove and written about 20 songs this past year. And so um, writing such a delicate situation, like you kind of have to know the person for me at least and, and, and be able to kind of open yourself up. But yeah, those would be really fun collaborations, especially Lyle. I, I love what he does with the, the way he turns a phrase. Well, Lyle, if you're watching, <laughs> Rob is not far. Rob, would you say, are you a creature of habit? Oh, uh, that's, man, you are great with these questions. Um, I am, I would say some habits. Um, I think age has broken some of my habits of being like a, uh, a night owl and consistently, I used to write really late at night and, and my creative process was very predictable and I've tried to kind of wrangle that. So I'm not, um, essentially kicking my own ass the whole time of, of, of losing sleep and, and kind of grading from being on the road and then coming home and trying to write. Um, but yeah, I try to, if I am falling into habits, I try to break habits because I feel like that when I get bored mentally, the creative process starts to suffer. I'm hoping you can tell all the folks out there about the Memphis sessions. I've been listening via Spotify the past couple of days. Tell us about uh, this couple of songs. Um, this was, The Memphis sessions um, kind of sprang from the pandemic and, and just getting to the point of really having a lot of time to think. Um, we were able to during the pandemic, go make a record in 2021 called Anthems that we put out this past May. And we gathered a bunch of my friends that I had worked with in the past in different capacities to go make this Anthems record and had such a great time. Really liked the sound that we were getting. <clears throat> and so we decided to go take the same group to my hometown of Memphis to this great studio. Um, called Ardent, which has a lot of history. Um, the guys from Jody from Big Star is still operating. Uh, Big Star is a big Memphis band uh, with a lot of history. And it's still operating the studio. And, and there's been countless amazing records over the past 30-plus um, years made there, uh, specifically a lot of ZZ Top records. And so we took the same crew and made the Anthems record with down to Memphis for three days and got to record in CZ Top's old studio. And no one had touched it during COVID. And I don't think anybody's recorded there since. And so I think we got a really um, special take on some of the songs that I recorded earlier in my career with this band that had a lot of um, machismo and, and, and a lot of... Um, a lot of fire left from the anthem sessions. And so it's been a really fun thing to release and, and <clears throat> reinterpret some of the songs that I recorded when I was younger. And I think you can definitely tell the um, changes in my voice from 10 years. And so it's kind of a good way to mark a, a decade for me. Hmm. 
I want to call to the attention of all the listeners out there to that anthem record. Really, really great collection of songs. And I was curious about this. You know, I was thinking, uh, this is a guy from Memphis. And then I saw the last, you did a really brilliant interpretation of maybe this is Memphis. It was a good idea to do that. Is it harder to interpret a song someone else wrote than something that you wrote yourself? It generally is. I'm not a great um, artist. I'm not great at doing covers. We rarely do a cover at our shows. And if we do, it's something that um, I kind of accidentally fell in love with and started playing on my couch. Um, Maybe if it was Memphis is a song that I think is, is, is so well written. Um, and obviously Pam Tillis did her version. Um, I think it was 91 when that came out and I just felt, I was just on the phone with um, my friend, Rick Brantley, who I produced records with. And he was like, strangely enough, like, what if you would try that? And so it literally just kind of fell out in the right way. And I, I feel like that song melodically is so strong that it was, it lended itself to kind of slowing it down and, and maybe not taking that um, larger approach that, that Pam did. Um, it was really cool though. I, uh, my friend Cree Harrison, who's singing harmony vocals on that knows Pam Tillis and she FaceTimed Pam and sent her the song and like uh, when we were recording harmony vocals. And so Pam gave us her blessing, which was really cute and nice and, and really fun. That's awesome. Now, on that note, has there been a compliment throughout your career as a recording artist, as a songwriter that has meant the most to you? Um, I think just seeing my music grow over the past like year and a half, two years um, <clears throat> through streaming has been really amazing. To me, like we've seen a significant growth um, and some of the older stuff, like my first song we put out called Fade Away a long, long time ago has really fallen into um, becoming my biggest song like 10 years later. And it's really interesting to me because when we released that song and that record, there wasn't even streaming wasn't available. Um, Spotify hadn't come along yet. And so knowing that it was, I've always known that it was a special song for me in, in my career and then seeing, um, people gravitate towards it. That's really the best validation. Like, you know, sure. We've had great write-ups along the way and, and, and people have been very kind and, um, it's just the music connecting with people and seeing it connect is, is my favorite part of, about the business and what keeps me going. Hmm. And when your song was on Yellowstone, did that give you a boost? Did that, did you see a, can that be a big help to a writer? You know, definitely it was, um, it was very much, one of those things that you don't see coming and then it happens organically. Um, it's a great music programmer that works on, um, 
all of those Taylor Sheridan shows. It, it gives you a boost in some ways of reaching a whole different um, audience just by through the show and, and kind of gives you a great talking point for um, it. Well, we do out and do private shows for people and stuff and they, and they love to hear that. And so it's definitely a good um, building block or brick to add to the wall that, that we're hopefully building as a career. Um, it was funny during the pandemic, I was in a hotel, uh, like valet line and a guy was wearing a Yellowstone hat and we kind of struck up a conversation. It turns out he was an executive producer on Yellowstone and I had my guitar on my back and I was like, I actually had a song on there and that was a funny conversation to strike up. And, and then, um, about three or four minutes later, a car pulled up and, uh, Beth Dutton got out of the car <laughs> and she was like, looking a little apprehensive of who I was. And, and then he was like, Oh, um, he had a song on Yellowstone. So I actually had to meet Beth Dutton out of all random circumstances. And so that was kind of a fun deal. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you was, think, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you? It, uh, it was just funny because all of a sudden you're just, you know, one minute, it's like midnight. One minute you're just kind of having a, a weird rough night, and the next minute you're just standing next to Kelly. Or uh, I think what's her? I don't know her last name, but Beth Sutton, Kelly. Um, uh, her name escapes me, but you're just like oh, all because of one little tiny series of events. Very interesting. Do you think image matters? Um, I'd like to say no. I, I feel like quality is more important, but. Um, I think consistency and, um, and authenticity, which is a kind of a hot button word that doesn't necessarily, uh, it's hard to define, but I think that as an artist's career, at least that's what I was taught at a young age of working in music row, um, of not wavering from who you are and, and wanting to be um, a true artist is really important. Now, I think an image can definitely add or a persona can add a lot of fuel to the fire for an artist. And um, in the world that we live in, that's such a quick click through rate. Um, better to be understood quickly through an image perhaps, but also, you better be careful what kind of image you build because it'll either be hard to maintain or you'll get tired of it. So I think it's that's a delicate thing, but um, it definitely can add a lot of fuel to an artist's um, career very quickly. Hmm. Do you think it's better to be underrated or overrated? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like um, I I definitely wouldn't want to be overrated. Uh, again, back to that image thing, it's like overrated might be hard to um, continue to maintain. Um, but I think that's all just in maybe an artist. An artist probably shouldn't care about being rated. It should just be care, care about doing their best work. But 
Uh, yeah, I think it would be worse to be overrated, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, part of the inspiration behind that question, I was texting with Charlie Bauer, the director of and, and founder of the Key West Songwriters Festival. And I was curious, here's a guy who's probably seen how many singer-songwriters has this guy seen? And I said, Charlie, who is like a lesser known, maybe a, a person who doesn't get the due that they necessarily deserved? And he said, I'm going to have to think about that and come back to you. And uh, about a day later, he said, how about Rob Baird? So he, he was saying he thought you didn't quite get the due that you deserve. Um, that was what inspired that question. What is it like playing down there in Key West? Oh, man, it's a blast. Um, that's uh, something I always look forward to. There's a <clears throat> a show in the theater, and uh, I've gotten to do that maybe three or four times. And, and one year... You don't. Re- I, I never really know what I'm getting into. I kind of jump on a plane, and one year I jumped on a plane. The flight got canceled. Ended up essentially having to go the next day and, and going from the airport straight to the stage. And I had no idea who I was playing with. And I got there, and, and Leroy Parnell was um, he's a great Texas singer songwriter, slides guitar player. And he, we, we know each other, not like particularly well, but just spent time around each other. And he kind of smiled at me and kind of knew that I was coming in hot. And he's like, Hey man, uh, I'll play with you. You want to just play on your, and I was like, it's kind of like having a, a living legend just, to, <laughs> you know, decides that he, he was like, I love your songs. I'll just, I'll just pick along. And I was playing one of the songs in a funky key and he, he didn't miss a beat. And, um, it was really just like, a special special night and i love key west and it's it's a it's a crazy town and i kind of figured out how to how to navigate um where to go and what to eat and then have a great show and it's kind of just a treat and so much more different than like our big band shows where we have all these moving parts and and so it's it's really just kind of a vacation to be honest nothing wrong with that no. <laughs> I, I'm curious. You saw the Elvis movie, I'm sure. Uh, I've watched about half of it on a plane, and then we landed. Ah. Yeah. But um, I grew up with um, a guy whose dad was in the Memphis Mafia with Elvis, and so I've heard a lot of stories, and and um, obviously a huge fan. Do you have a favorite Elvis song? I feel you can learn a lot about a person from this. Oh man. Um I really I mean it's is suspicious minds the way he did it is one of my favorites but it's really the live records that I just go to live in Vegas and those are things that I'll just put on and and spend a lot of time with when he's there's multiple live records but man he the energy that's coming from the band um and the live records is what I really gravitate towards on on the Elvis, just in the Elvis world, if you will. I mean, I like the records, but the band is so tight and following him so much that it's it's just it's incredible. So that's that's what I chase on the Elvis situation. 
I'm curious, are, are, are really old American songs, I'm talking about like American songbook kind of stuff. Have, has that stuff ever had any influence on your work? Um, so I, I think the parameters of how those songs were written become really important to understand as a songwriter. Um, simplicity is something that I've really tried to, I think I went through, a, when you start out as an artist, you don't really have any rules, right? You're just kind of chasing uh, the views and, and, and hopefully getting a lot of ideas and you're super raw. And I think that that turns out sometimes to be great. Um, and then as you get into it more, you start to overthink and complicate and, 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 I mean, hopefully not, but I, I see this quite often with working with other artists in production. Um, and then once you gain some confidence um, and maybe just start to know that everything's not going to overthink, you know, not everything, it, it could be okay. Then that simplicity kind of comes back. And, and I feel like simplicity from those songs, I mean, some of them, or just a verse and a chorus and then a chorus comes back and how important um, maybe it is to get the little things right. And that's what a lot of that great American songbook is. Hmm. Well spoken. Do you think you've come to know yourself better through the songs that you've written? Um, definitely because each song kind of reminds me of a place where I was at that time. Um, you know, more so than others, but where I wrote it, who I was, why I was writing that song. And when I sing each song during um, a show, I definitely kind of remember that feeling. And so being able to remember who you were at that time and how you've changed is, is definitely an, a really interesting process. Um, and I imagine, I mean, they do call it a record because it's a record of who you were as an artist at the time, but I imagine that will continue to progress. And so, um, I definitely was a crazier, more neurotic artist type in my twenties. Like I think anybody in their twenties is still trying to figure it out more. And, and um, now I just kind of enjoy looking back and going, I'm glad I don't feel as um, <laughs> like I'm in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> uh, I always like to give credit where credit is due. I listened to the interview you did with working songwriter. Oh yeah. Really good exchange. Anybody who's interested, go, go check that out. And I liked the part where you were talking about how your perspectives have changed to the point where you said sometimes like I don't want to I don't want to dwell on this sadness anymore. I just want to rock. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um it's interesting, man. I think I I swung really hard into that rock um side with the the Anthems record and the Memphis record and that's who that band was. And as I look to the future um, I'm definitely chasing a totally different thing. And I feel like I'm almost writing like a different artist, um, which is kind of how 
things have ended up for me as an artist where each record I'm chasing a different sound. Um, I don't feel like sad songs are as, as much fun <laughs> as I, I have a, a full, a full bag full of them that I can take to any show. Um, but I do feel like they're important and um, it's really like, how well can it be written um, and convey the emotion that, that really is, uh, is happening. And so I think it's very important to not run away from those, but I definitely did for a little while with Anthems, which was fun. <laughs> Great title for a record too. I, I love it's bold Anthems. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Rob, what are you looking forward to? Um, let's see. I'm looking forward to doing, I felt like last year was kind of a year of rebuilding, um, on the road. It was, it was a little tough, just everybody getting back out there at the same time. And it was tough to kind of fight through the, the restart. It's like kind of starting to race and everybody's trying to get positioned. And so now that we're the world's flying and, and out open, um, and kind of settled down in a way, I think it's going to make for a good year of getting out and doing great shows. Um, I've been getting strangely a lot of calls this past week, I think as artists um, are looking to make new music and, and I've been doing and have done some producer um, production stuff for other artists that I really found and have found a lot of value out of um, helping people make records. And so, I'm excited to do that. I think we have three or four artists on the docket right now. I'm going to the studio next week with somebody. And then I'm really looking forward to making my new record. Um, I wrote a lot of songs last year, and it was fairly um, regimented about the process and and was able to put the pen down right before Christmas and go, you know, we're we're not there yet, but we're not far away from – we're starting to, I'm starting to shop for producers and, and see, you know, if I'm going to do it or, or work with someone else. And so making music is my favorite part of this whole journey. And, um, the pandemic has actually allowed me to get ahead of the curve by writing and releasing these records. And so I want to keep that momentum going. Um, because I feel like on top of the wave, if I lose it, then it won't be as much fun because you never want to be behind. Um, so those are the three things I think I'm super excited about. It seems like you really enjoy being in the studio. I really do. It's, it's kind of amazing. I mean, uh, it, it's like going to summer camp with all your friends and, uh, you know, you get to work on a project together and I think I've figured out how to, to kind of wrangle the beast of recording. Um, a lot of that is advanced preparation and arranging songs. And, um, I'm pretty task oriented as a person. So, and of course you're in the studio, you don't want to lose, um, you don't want to lose time. Obviously time is money in the studio. You have all these people in there working. And so, I figured out a process that I think works best for me and, and the people I work with of just, just being prepared and, 
and then you can you're able to have fun and as long as you know what to do and how you're going to do it then a lot of great things can happen and um and it's also just being in these spaces some of these places we've gotten to record are just legendary and they sound incredible and it's just it's just really a, an honor to be able to work in these places so it's the best <laughs> well rob this is the the first interview uh, we're recording here in the year 2023 so I'm honored that you came on here. I always like to let the guest have the last words. And that's an incredibly open-ended place to be because you could literally say anything. Even if you just said, hey, check out <laughs> check out my work. But what would you like to say in closing to anyone out there who's tuned in with us? Um, Man, this is, I didn't know about this part. Um, I think... Music in 2023 and artists, supporting independent artists is, is a huge thing as the world continues to change. And, um, and I encourage anybody to go check out new music and find artists they love and support them. And I appreciate any, any and all the support I've gotten. And, and, you know, to be on a show of your caliber, I really appreciate it. And I just would say, let Let's all figure out a way to get along. <laughs> and, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great thing. Uh, and it, it's something that I've committed myself to this year. So I'm glad yeah. you said that. And I have this wristband. I don't think anybody can see it. Support independent music. So I like that too. Awesome. That's cool, man. All right, Rob. Well, I hope this isn't our last interview. I hope we get to talk again sometime. And I definitely, definitely hope I see you on stage sometime this year. That'd be awesome, Paul. Thank you so much, man. I had a great time. Hey, I had fun too. All right. Take care. Until next time. <laughs> Cheers, my friend. You know, the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by people like you. Listeners, viewers, please. Go to thepaulleslie.com slash support, and you'll know what to do when you're there. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who contributes. Performance of The Entertainer intro song by John Primerano. And, of course, this is your announcer speaking. See you next time on The Paul Leslie Hour.